Blake, that's my theme song for the chemtrailing operations going on in Denver, dude. Soak I thought up. about you, yeah. dude. That's, you gotta soak it up while it's free, because pretty soon you're gonna have to pay them to stop chemtrailing. Ah, well, and this Just is what I... Just a little. <laughs> know the chemtrail schedule in your hometown, folks, and then plan your outdoor activities around it. That's the way to work around this new world order that we are suffering through currently. Soak up the sun, man, what... What a fun jam, dude. 2002? Was that? Oh, I don't I don't. I, don't, I had to look. High school, a great time. I had to look it up because it just, it, it had this feeling energy-wise of it, uh, like a classic sound, but still new age. And I, I was like, this has got to be like early aughts, but it felt 90s, definitely in the early aughts. It's weird when we oh, bled yeah. into... For me, a lot of ways, 9-11 was this clear marker of the old world versus the new world that we entered. It was. It was weird because those that don't remember or weren't alive, the millennium was supposed to be that defining moment. Right. And I got to say, a new millennium. Y2K was quite the snore for most people. So, such a snore. <laughs> the best part of Y2K was the Mountain Dew commercial. Where the guy puts his credit card into the ATM machine right at 11.59. Yes. And then at, and then at midnight, everything shut down. <laughs> the world shuts down. And then it comes back, and he's got a million dollars in his account. <laughs> that's the best Mountain Dew. It's the best commercial, maybe, of the millennium. You oh, know what I mean? Oh, man, that's so funny. I totally forgot about that commercial. Wow. Best commercial. Remember, it was like during the, like he's in New York during the celebration, and he runs out the crowd. That's right. Puts it into the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in there because nobody had money. It was, it was right after the, <laughs> the boom crash of the night, you know, after the uh, tech sector crash. <laughs> the first time. So, uh, so we had someone in our household, Pepino, who was intimately involved through his work uh, preparing in 1999 for Y2K. <laughs> our, our dad made a career out of four years just changing the date on computer programs from two digits to four. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it, it was like a whole like sector of our country, of our workforce. That that was what they were there to do, to stop the great millennium well, crash. It was pandemonium, man. I mean, people thought the nukes were going to fire off from every silo on each like corner of the planet, and then we're just going to like incinerate ourselves, and you know, machines would just like start attacking us, and it was you know, we we thought it was going to be the end of the world. A lot of people did. Yeah, dude, you were seeing things where, like, planes are going to fall out of the skies. The bank, people were pulling money out of the banks because they're like, no, their programs, it's going to restart to zero. Everybody's going to lose all their money. Right. We were just a little off on timing. Planes started falling out of the sky around September 20, uh, 2001. It was just a year <laughs> the later. Funny part, the funniest part about thinking about it back on it now, nobody knew anything about computers. It wasn't like today. Oh, good call, man. Like, <laughs> There's like a like handful you of convince the new generation today. They know too much about computers. It's weird. You know, the media scare and fear porn utilized for Y2K kind of similar to, you know, what they use now for climate change. Yeah, but they were using it. They, they did it back then, too. They kind of took a break on climate change for the millennia. Yeah, but uh, what I'm thinking is when we were younger, climate, well, it was, it was global warming and the ozone layer and acid rain, yeah. right? That's what we were worried about. Um, and the climate change now, 
when we were younger, they weren't teaching us like this is an existential crisis. You're gonna die. You know, like, it, they were kind of showing us, like, how things would get worse and hotter, and you get the acid rain and all this stuff, but these newer generations over the last 20 years have been living in this weird fantasy world where they have this, again, they love the existential crisis where this unforeseen villain climate change is going to destroy us all and kill us. Now, dude, because I specifically remember... uh uh, what was it? Remember Brian Reed? Brian Reed. Um, yeah, he, he lived me. a couple blocks away from us. He he was like, first of all, he was the only kid in our group that knew anything about anything to do with politics. That's <laughs> hilarious. This was high school, dude. We're trying to get high and play video He's games. Probably in politics. He probably works for the uh, Biden administration at this point. I'm guessing. He, I think he worked for the Dick Durbin and uh, <laughs> campaign. All right. Yeah. But anyways, he was like pretty conservative, and uh, you know, I just remember he would always just laugh about us talking about shit. And I got into a very heated argument with him at a party one time. I think we were about. I was actually it was like when I first joined the army. It was one of my first trips home, so I must have been nineteen. And we made a bet. I literally full heartedly believed that in four years you would be able to sail a boat right through the North Pole. Wow, because <laughs> I had like re- I was reading all these articles and I was like, no, no, there is gonna be ice, but it's gonna be so thin you're gonna be able to drive right. Yeah, that's what they were selling us. That's right, man. Yeah, and like uh, I just remember him. He actually like remembered, and like it was like four years later he called me. No way. He was like, dude, I'm not even joking because I remember I was like, it's gonna be the four summers from now. By the end of that summer, dude, it's gonna be the end of summer. You're gonna be able to drive right there. And like, dude, he, I remember he called me four years later, and he's, he's like, "This is the last day of summer, and the North Pole is still there." Wow! <laughs> this dude is a fucking champion, man. Oh my god! I, I've never had like more respect for a man, dude. I love that. I shit, deeply dude. respect I love that. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Call me out. I fucking love that, dude. Huge, huge fan of that one, man. And to remember and still have your number and the fortitude to give you that call after not speaking for years, that's incredible, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This guy is... I hope he's in politics. We need guys like this in fucking Congress, man. Uh, I'm sure you'll see his name on a ticket one day. I, I don't know what happened to him, but he he was too smart to not do something. Uh, he'll do something yeah. with David Hogg and ruin our lives, I guarantee it. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that, dude. He called me four years. It was so funny because he was in my phone as Reed. And I was in the, uh, at the time I was in the Army, I had, another, I was, had a guy in my squad as Reed. <laughs> wow. So when he called me, I'm like, who is this? You know? <laughs> I was like, what are those? Um, so I take it then, given the circumstances of this argument, he was telling you global warming is bullshit. Yes, yes. So I imagine this fella to be a conservative today. I don't know. I haven't talked to him about in Well, come on. What's the trajectory uh, for most people? But also, if you're 19 telling another 19-year-old to cool it on climate change, you're already a Republican at that point. Oh, yeah. Then you remember to call me four years later? Like, dude. It's probably a staunch Republican. I, I mean, just... oh, it, it might have been two years. It must have been two years later. That... But still, it was it was an awesome, like, got you, you know? And I, uh, <laughs> it was definitely, like, an eye-opening moment for me because it, it, when you're in that liberal mind state, you, you, 
you don't realize the shit you're saying because by the time he had called me to tell me about that, I, I had long forgot about that. That talking point had long gone out of the lexicon. You know, it was like, it was gone. Yeah, man. And so then for somebody to be like, no, remember you were so, it made me look back, look around and be like, oh yeah, so maybe everything I am worried about now, in two years, I'm just going to get a call from somebody else. Wake up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like maybe this is all bullshit. And it, it was really an eye-opening moment. And, and actually, that's a great lesson, and that's the best way to deal with people. You know? Wow. Oh, you think the glide is wrong? Yeah, okay. Well, what do you think's going to happen in two years? Okay, okay. Well, we'll talk in two years. Yeah, I'll give you a call. I'm going to give you a call. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a sailing trip through the North Pole. Oh, dude, have you seen that new movie on uh, Netflix, um, Leo? I have not. What is Leo? Gotta check it out. Probably most watchable movie of the year man i am loving it already what is about what is it about and who is starring in leo all right i'm going to give you the the great the, the great stats first yes sir it's a cartoon all right hour 40 minutes i love it i'm in in <laughs> that's all i need to know you can stop right it's there on, it's on netflix the, the two leading characters in this cartoon uh a lizard an old lizard Played by Adam Sandler. Yeah, okay, yeah, I saw the commercial for this. All right, yeah, that's An old turtle played by Bill Burr, who live in a fucking fish tank in an elementary school. It's out now? You watched it already? I'll check it out. Great movie, man. A lot of great... It's one of those... It's like... Dude, it's like how we remember kids' movies used to be, (laughs) where there were just... There's like... It's a funny story. It's a funny concept. There's, you know... Uh... And there's a lot of great lessons in there. Awesome. That are just like universal life lessons that even if you're an adult, it's going to make you think about yourself and be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I should be a little bit more like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, it has nothing to do with like sex and gender and you know what I mean? I was going to say is, is the like, hero. There's nothing, there's nothing. The hero of the story has to be a black lesbian. No, there's no. You cannot find anything in this movie, man. I'm telling you. It's like. It's just a, it's just like we used to remember kids' movies. Being, a kids' movie shouldn't direct you into a political spectrum or a gender spectrum. You know what I mean? It should just teach you the very basics about how to be a good person. Friendship, being a good is. family member, loving one another, being kind, generous, understanding. Yeah, being kind, being a man of your word. You yeah, know? man. All right, good deal. I will check out Leo. We're getting a certified watchable here from mike oh, this is fantastic. great must watch dude so funny a it was like funny watch. and it was good you know what i mean like they really did a good job with it awesome man yeah i will uh i'll definitely check that out uh that's it's that's refreshing to hear is adam sandler the only guy producing just regular movies now regular i know i know dude like just regular movies just about Cause stuff. Because then, then after I watched it, you know, it started recommending me like Uncut Gems. And then what was that other one he made? Well, he had uh, that Hollywood. He found the basketball player. Oh, right. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's a very awesome movie. Uh, but uh, Yeah, you're right. In the last like four years, the best movies have been either Adam Sandler or Korean. And Chris Pratt. And, oh, Chris Pratt. Oh, he, fuck Chris Pratt, dude. That guy, that Jurassic Park. That last one. It's horrible. It's unwatchable. What? Completely. What? what? Dude. <laughs> it's, 
It's not doable. Like, it's not even a Tyrannosaurus Rex at this point. They, like, genetically altered the Tyrannosaurus Rex, introduced raptor genes. It's like a super ultra-being dinosaur that's the size of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and Chris Pratt just puts his hand out. That's right. He just, <laughs> just whispers. That's right. Well, he's speaking to him with his mind, man. Yeah, they can feel my big dick energy. It's called a mind melt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's got that Willem Dafoe energy. You know what I'm talking about? I just treat these dinosaurs like Pete Davidson treats Kim Kardashian. You don't remember Willem Dafoe we were talking about over Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. No, so uh, legendarily, uh, as legend has it in the Hollywood world, uh, Willem Dafoe is known in inner circles for having a gigantic hog uh, his dong apparently has been described as, quote, confusing to cast members when they saw it exposed on set. Uh, the man is well endowed, and... Uh, oh, that's an understatement, dude. Come on, <laughs> this, this guy's packing. He's packing some heat, baby. But you never, you know, you never heard of the Willem Dafoe energy back in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? In the 90s, right? It was just, no, just secretly Willem Dafoe was known for having a big Johnson. <laughs> he didn't have to promote himself with that big dick energy, right? No. He's just being Willem Dafoe. So from here on out, I'm no longer giving Pete Davidson the credit because he doesn't deserve it. All right. That was my always my whole point about him is the energy he's portraying is not that of a man with a big dick. Exactly. That's a man with a small dick. Energy. Look at Willem Dafoe. The man Defoe. with the big dick is Willem Dafoe. Yes, dude. He literally walks around like you would never imagine this guy has a big dick. <laughs> you know? Exactly. If you don't need to advertise the big dick energy, you probably don't need to talk about the energy because you just have the big dick. All right, that's probably it's like what's happening. It's just like when you see the 27-year-old guy with the glasses and the this and the that and the fagamagoo shoes and <laughs> getting out of, you know, he gets out of the Lambo and you're like, dude, no way does this guy have a Lambo. No way does this guy have a Lambo. And then you find out that he rented the Lambo. Right. Now he's bankrupt. You see, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here, Pete Davidson. No more Pete Davidson. No more BDE, the big dick energy. I'm done with it. I'm declaring it now. It's W. D E Willem Dafoe energy. <laughs> what you know that kind of did slip out of the. Uh, you don't hear about Pete Davidson anymore, huh? No, and I did discuss this uh, concept with Emma and her sister. Uh, they were almost in full agreement with my uh, comparison here between the two fellas, but and they they also thought that we could go with a we could keep it B D E and it could be Big Dafoe energy. I, I like that, yeah, I like that. Big Defoe energy. So I, I like using the full name, you know, it changes it up and it gives it its own little twist, but I think we can roll also with the BDE still, <laughs> just correct people, like, you mean Big Defoe energy, my friend. Dude, I gotta tell you, the highlight of the weekend was, uh, I forgot what we were all talking, we were talking about electric cars. Oh, yeah. And uh, Emma's sister goes, there's no, there's a, such a big turnoff seeing a guy plug in his electric. Yes, dude. <laughs> like, Whoa, such a win for the everyday man. <laughs> you and I puffed our chests up like roosters, man. We were like, oh yeah, we gassing, baby. <laughs> dude, it has. The term is true. It's held that. It's held its truth for the test of time. No gas. No ass. No ass. 
It goes both ways, too. That's gender fluid right there, folks. <laughs> you, know, you know, Tim the Tim- Toolman Taylor wasn't building an electric car in his garage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you want to be like Tim the Toolman Taylor. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That should be every man's man. goal. Be Tim oh, the Toolman Taylor. Uh, that was so funny. And then em- what I didn't expect, though, and then Emma just like, without hesitation, just, oh, yeah. And it was like audible. It was like a... It was like a visible cringe from both of them. Just like, yeah, a guy plugging in his car. <laughs> like, it's something I never would have even thought of. It doesn't look cool. And also, have you ever done the charging? I mean, the the charging device itself, it's shaped like a flaccid penis. You know? So you're literally like, you know, you're holding this flaccid looking like dick. You're to trying to put it in. it in. You can't figure it out. You need to use two hands. You got to ask the girl to help you guide it in. It's just very... Uh, it's very demoralizing, man. <laughs> you can't find the hole, and then you find the hole, but you never find the switch. You accidentally stick it in her ass. Up. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God, Mike. That's Brutal. Yeah. So uh, that was also my favorite. <laughs> but it, me, it really just made me think of every guy out there that thinks he's so cool. Because, dude, you ever see guys plugging in their car? They're, like, waiting for somebody to come by and watch them do it. You know what I mean? They, like... I don't know, man. It's... uh, I rented a Tesla in California for a wedding a couple years ago. Emma and I, you know, we couldn't figure this thing out for the life of us. Never thought to, like, YouTube up a little tutorial or anything. I just got in the car and started cruising around. Or at least I tried at first. You know, you have to, like take this card and do a hibuki kooky dance in the middle of the council there and like wave it around. Oh, Hey, you know, it's like all left and right. And, uh, <clears throat> so you had a license for 20 years and you thought you could just get to this car and drive. <laughs> I said, Elon Musk, this guy doesn't know how to build a car. Let me see this thing. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> We never figured out the car properly, and we did have to charge it a couple times. And whenever we did, we thought, well, all right, let's just leave it here with the other Tesla's charging. We'll go across the uh, parking lot and you know get a coffee or something and hang out in the cafe. Uh, and we did that twice uh, because we didn't want to stand around. It takes a while to charge it up. We realized towards the end of our trip, uh, when we had a valet guy take our car up in Northern California, who had clearly driven several Teslas in his life, uh, he apparently locked our car for the first time the entire trip, and we had no idea how to get into it. <laughs> that was a shocker, that we were just leaving this thing charged, charging in the lot, going to get coffee, bopping around, a little shopping, you know, like, uh, totally open. No idea how to lock. I never learned how to lock the car. Uh, we sort of figured out how to unlock it. I probably couldn't redo it again. And then uh, the, the charging was a whole nother level of insanity, just like figuring out the device and parking it correctly. And, dude, electric cars, man, I said it at the time. I said it before, and I will continue to say it. It's a toy for rich people to have fun with. Yes. That's all yes. it is, man. It's a toy. It's not a vehicle that you can depend on. Yeah, and if you're one of those guys out there that's got a Hyundai Ionic, 
The Ionic spelled with a Q. Yeah, go fuck yourself, dude. You're at least, at the very best, half a f So get out of here. I don't want to see you on the road. You're like, I already know you're an asshole and you don't know how to drive. I've never seen an Ionic on the road and I'm like, that guy really knows how to drive. Dude, you are psycho. I We were coming home today and I was behind for a second an Ionic and I said, no way out loud. And I like, like almost got into an accident avoiding this guy. Just to not Oh, no, good. Him. Thank God you did, because he was about to make a left-hand turn from the right lane. I know, he was going to ruin my life. And then make a decision <laughs> in the middle of the intersection that, oh, no, and then make a U-turn. Like, I don't know what these guys do. What's the it's Ionic? Insane. They think, you know, because they're in an Ionic, and it's sort of like the cheaper Tesla, that the car drives itself, man. It just takes me there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid name, Ionic. Oh man, yeah, it's terrible. You know what's coming out though, and uh, apparently people have seen them around here in Denver, but I believe they're going on sale this week. The Cybertruck. Oh yeah, you gonna get yourself a Cybertruck? No. I mean, I were chatting with somebody the other day. <clears throat> they have a friend who bought the Ford EV truck Oof. for like half a million dollars. Oh, you and found the one guy. The one guy. Well, he had to take it back. Something there was some like <laughs> some recall, recall yeah. or something. Yeah. So he's, he waited like years for it. And put down these deposits, and it's insane, man. What a bust! Everybody knew the Ford electric truck was never going to work. Why mess with something so good and not ionic, iconic? Yes. The Ford F one fifty. Hey. It is literally an icon of America. Absolutely. People around the world wish they could get their hand. Like, you go to these places in the Middle East where they're all, they're all, they love Toyotas. They're driving these Toyota Land Cruiser things. And you're like, yeah, but if they could get an F-150, they would. Absolutely, man. You know how good an F-150 is? F-150s are nice. I've been wanting one for quite some time. You just can't seem to be able to, you, know, you can't buy a car in Bidenomics. Right, I've owned two F-150s. Both of them I bought with more than 120,000 miles on them. And both of them lasted me over 200. That's amazing. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? With minimal work. And they're so easy to work on. So easy. Fuck your Rams, man. Your stupid Hemi. It's so hard to work on those things. The Ford, you get like an old, like, late 90s F-150. Oh, yeah, man. Man, that thing will last forever. I really do love those just stripped down, basic trucks yeah late 90s wasn't that stripped down actually probably like early 90s late 80s was probably the best when they had like the box they still had the big engine nice big suspension and back end just that up just the one couch seat running across it bench seat no <laughs> right. rug everybody no fucking liner up top you know? and if you're riding triple shotgun in this thing you are gonna have the stick chip uh riding into your nuts every downturn <laughs> right that's the best. Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. Tri- triple shotgun. Oh, yeah. Dude, I had a, actually, I had an F-100. It was a 77. Had the three on the tree, baby. It was the best. Had the, it was stick, but it was on the column. Oh, nice, man. So, so you had to shift with the, with the column shifter. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> that thing, that thing uh, God only knows how many miles it had when I finally got rid of it. But I drove it for 120. That's incredible. Yeah, about hundred. Yeah, cars nowadays. I mean, what are we looking at with these new guys? Hundred fifty, maybe two hundred. 
What are cars doing now? I think Toyotas and Hondas, right? Those last, but everything else seems to crap out. Don't the Teslas themselves start to kind of just go down the tube at about 100,000 miles? Yeah, I don't think you're going to get any like uh, 250, 300,000 mile Teslas. I could be wrong, you know? Uh, I know you could be wrong. And, you know, if you are in a Tesla or if you're a guy who owns Tesla, like Musk, Elon Musk, uh, you're going to need a lot of engine capacity to continue your tour around the world of apologizing to the Jews everywhere because that's what <laughs> Elon is currently doing. He's on an apology tour. And I. So what, dude? I didn't even get that. I, I don't even know what happened with that. That's this one. why I love it because they just need this guy to be a villain. They like hate this guy and they want everybody else to hate him. Yeah, and I don't know why. He's done more for your movement than anybody else. It's because now we can talk about Hunter Biden on Twitter. That's why. Oh, uh, uh, okay, so Musk is Hitler. Yes, because now uh, I can freely share a meme of Tony Fauci on the stand at Nuremberg and nobody has a problem with it. So Trump's Hitler, which means Musk is Hitler adjacent? Uh, Stalin? <laughs> I'm reaching here. Because <laughs> nah, even Stalin, we could put our differences aside and team up with him to go after Hitler. Musk, you know what I mean? Oh, dude, even Stalin could grow a nice mustache. Oh, yeah. I don't trust a guy that can't grow a mustache. I know. Elon has yet to prove he can do mm. the facial hair. It keeps me highly suspicious of this fella. Robot? I'm thinking alien from Venus. I've been telling you. He lives in the clouds of Venus. Mm. <laughs> that's where he's from. Frank, that's insane. Clearly a moon of Jupiter. That's, no, that's why he wants to get to Mars so bad. He keeps wanting to get away from the sun. Yeah, he's trying to get back to his moon. He's, he's, oh, yeah, he's just hopping each planet, and eventually he'll get to, to the, his home, right? Yeah, you're right. Maybe one of the moons of Jupiter. Jupiter has like 20 moons, right? Oh, it's got a ton of them, yeah. Some of them that uh, have water. There are some, like, are these the size of Earth? Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. Uh, I could be lying on that one. All right, we're gonna we'll scratch that in post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want any misinformation to go out there. It's crazy. Uh, I know that there's the one, the frozen uh, moon that cruises around Jupiter. That's probably made totally of water. Uh, that's what it was. Okay, Jupiter's largest moon is the largest moon in the solar system. And it's uh, half the size of Earth. All right, cool. So Earth's still pretty big. That's awesome. I'm happy about that. We're bigger than most of the moons. That's nice. And then, <laughs> do you know about uh, Phobos? It's the moon that goes around Mars. And there's a lot of stuff about how they captured a monolith on it. Oh. I'm almost positive it's the one with the monolith. And Russia has actually come out and said, like, they too have seen the same photographic evidence, or maybe even Russia is the one that came out to say that it was real. But I, I believe there's a lot of weird stuff with the Phobos. I think it's Phobos. There's a moon going around, one of the moons going around Mars. It's it ob- Phobos. Yeah, it's oblong-shaped. It's really strange, and there's a lot of theories and speculation that it could be, like, an ancient satellite even that has just been in orbit around Mars for thousands of years or millions of years and has just turned, uh, you know? Just collected the dust yeah. over the years. And, and it's then, just uh, left over from an ancient civilization. And, you know, uh, what's interesting about, 
all the astronauts and stuff when it comes to the fake moon landing and whatever they were doing with the space shuttle, uh, Buzz Aldrin for years has been adamant that we need to get to Mars. His whole thing is that we have to go to Mars. There's a there's something on Mars, and we gotta go. Hmm. So I, I find that pretty interesting, and the uh, the moon, the Phobos around Mars. I'm I'm pretty sure there's a lot of speculation that there's something going on with it, and uh, Russia was really big into it. It is, yeah, because it's weird, and I'm pretty sure it's the. The monolith. I'm almost certain there was a monolith spotted on it. It is a monolith. That's what they're saying. Yeah. yeah it's like it's, 20, and it, this like, is a photograph, by the way, we're talking about uh, from the 70s. They did like a flyover, and they sent back all this imagery. And I'm almost certain this is the same imagery that had the alleged face on Mars. If anyone doesn't remember, uh, there was supposedly a face, a gigantic face on Mars covered in sand, but still you could see the face, and then they claim now that it was just shadows from the sun and whatnot, but Mars just, <clears throat> it does seem like there's pyramids and statues and shit on Mars. <laughs> you know, it just, there's something about it, I feel like there's, why does Elon want to go there well, so well the, well, the the question, you know, is, is do the mountains resemble the pyramids, or did we build the pyramids to resemble the mountains? Ah, wow. So it's just actually the pyramid is just the most uh, sturdy structure. So that's why the pyramid, you know, it's one of the things, one of the things I never thought of that I was listening to this guy talk about how like the the pyramid is just the most sturdy structure and that's why they built them because that's why the mountains naturally become that shape. And the reason you build the pyramid is because it will erode evenly and no matter how much it erodes, you will always have that pyramid shape still. Right, and the pro and the problem he was saying is like that's why it won't fall down. He's like, so the, we actually there could have been a lot of other buildings that they built with the pyramids that just don't exist, and the pyramids could have been thicker and bigger too. Yeah, oh yeah, much, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, could be pyramids on yeah. Mars. Could be the face this on Mars. This was a little weird. It is weird to think because. You know, depending on how long ago it disappeared, it doesn't it doesn't take long for like whole civilizations to just be buried, even no, here on Earth. Not at all, man. Yeah. And again, Mars, a lot of interest there, especially guys like Musk who's obsessed with going there, and you got Buzz Aldrin who keeps talking about it. The Russians claim that there was alien civilizations there. It there's a lot of theories too in the conspiracy world about, you know, the Anunnaki or the you know original aliens who fled Mars and seeded life on Earth to continue their race. Um, you know, I do know of some declassified CIA papers I read a while back about uh, dealing with um, a group of individuals who they had essentially you know displaced themselves mentally, spiritually into other places, traveling through time and space, and um, uh, they would give them coordinates, and they would be able to go there. And there's documents where they detail a you know ancient civilization on Mars, and then some sort of cataclysm coming, and many of them escaping Mars to go to the nearest uh, planet. Hmm. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, declassified hmm. CIA documents. About I forgot the term for it, um, but there's a phrase where about uh, 
you know, sending, uh, you know, astral plane or, you know, astral traveling and you can kind of go through the astral plane and uh, put yourself in specific places and time and you can observe and see what is happening around you. Wow. And the CIA did a lot of research on this in the 60s and what have you. It was a weird time in the 60s, you Mike, know? doing a lot of acid. You know, it was good times, great oldies. <laughs> a lot of drugs. Right? They were high. They were seeing shit, man. <laughs> it was good stuff. Uh, yeah. well, either way, uh, we got to uh, get... Dude, we got... Oh. oh, what do you got? What do you got? You look up some Mars oh, stuff? Dude, you got something on the, on the uh, docket there that I can't wait to discuss. What, what is a gravity nuke? <laughs> yes! <laughs> All right. See, you see, I titled these things on purpose to catch your attention. <laughs> right? I, don't, I don't know what a gravity nuke is. Well, we're yeah. we're getting ready to we're building them, man. Uh, yeah. So because we got these wars going on, you know, Russia, Ukraine, that everybody forgot about, which is pretty much over. You who? Exactly. <laughs> I need a piece of money. Um. Uh, <laughs> We also have the Israeli situation going on with the Hamas fellas in Gaza. So, you know, a lot of turmoil and a lot of war and potential war with China and all this stuff. So we got to, we got to, you know, take it to the next level, right? We, we got to build up our arsenal and maybe start looking to the future and utilizing more futuristic tech. So now uh, the nukes and these silos, Mike, they're getting old. We gotta update. We gotta upgrade. We gotta refresh to be fresh, my man. Let's get some gravity nukes. As the world watches wars being fought in both Europe and the Middle East, this morning a new push by the Department of Defense to upgrade its nuclear weapons. Military leaders recently announcing they will pursue production of the B-6113 nuclear gravity bomb, a weapon 24 times more powerful than the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Dude. Did you say nuclear gravity bong? Oh, dude. <laughs> Far out, man. So, like, you put the bomb in a tube in the water and then, like, slowly bring it out. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to get high, bruh. Where's, where's Beto? Nuke gravity bong? Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't get it. What the fuck is a gravity nuke? I don't know, but they're going to explain it. But Japan, during World War II, one defense leader writing in a statement that the need for the new nuclear weapon, quote, is reflective of a changing security environment and growing threats for potential adversaries. This is as serious a topic as we will hear about this year. Earlier this month on Capitol Hill, the Senate Armed Services Committee focused on the country's <laughs> nuclear strategy. Now, this is very Leaders serious. We spent the last uh, two decades arming terrorists in the Middle East, <laughs> Nazis in Europe. Yeah, man. And now we're worried we're going to get attacked. Uh... <laughs> Time to bust out the gravity nukes. <laughs> no, this is crazy. Uh, this gets kind of weird. I had no idea that we're still, like, testing nukes, man. From both sides noted ongoing threats from enemies like Russia, which recently de-ratified a nuclear test ban treaty, as well as North Korea, which continues to conduct numerous weapons tests. To prevent war and keep the peace, it is incumbent on legislators to commit today 
to a program of sustained innovation and investment. This is the only way we can reclaim lost ground. This mission has become more urgent through Russia's assault on Ukraine and because of China's rapid strategic expansion. Here in the U.S., just two weeks ago, the National Nuclear Security Administration announced a team conducted an underground chemical explosion at a uh? test site. <laughs> Wait, you guys are just blowing up nukes underground? This is like in my neighborhood, man. They did this like in Utah. Don't you guys remember when you told me I couldn't spray hairspray? <laughs> That's right. Bad for the environment. What about the ozone layer, man? Are we looking out for the ozone? <laughs> nukes, 21 times Hiroshima. We're going to splash this sucker underground in Utah. It shouldn't affect anyone. <laughs> ...announced a team conducted an underground chemical explosion at a test site in Nevada. Aimed yeah, at don't worry. Oh, they sorry. believe the garden was Eden. Eden was in Missouri before the nuclear explosion. <laughs> this, was, this, dude, this was actually in Nevada. So, uh, you know, I'm sure the sphere just rumbled a little bit for about 20 <laughs> seconds during the U2 show, right? The eye went cross-eyed. <laughs> We're blasting gravity nukes in Utah right now? Oh my god, man. And we're worried about the car exhaust in the major cities. <laughs> and cow farts. And we're, we're making sure that uh, the pizzeria hmm. on 16th Street in Denver uh, is using an updated, encoded, <laughs> eco-friendly ventilation system for their gas grill. Uh, Frank, is your uh, stove gas or electric? Sorry, buddy. We're going to have to convert it to gravity nuke. You're really ruining the environment. <laughs> now wear these glasses while we set off this nuclear bomb underneath your house. <laughs> that was no earthquake, my friends. We're just testing gravity nukes. Carry on. Get the fuck out of here, man. I can't Did believe... you get your radon system updated? All right. <laughs> I gotta get a new one. Oh my god, man. America's ability to detect nuclear explosions around the world. Now, with a call to upgrade the U.S.'s own weapons, some lawmakers want to see the country be prepared. It is time to begin making the national defense investments required to deter the conflicts looming ahead. The Department of Defense adds that this new nuclear weapon will give the president the option against uh, certain harder and large area enemy targets while also uh, discouraging enemies from possibly targeting. What large area does this guy want to nuke? That's what I don't get. And, and is, was, 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 was... All right, so you got a... <laughs> <laughs> this is an unbelievable story, man. Come on, Grant. You, you got a bunch of guys sitting there in this tunnel in Gaza Strip. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, man. And... uh you know, a guy comes running into the office. Whoa, guys, guys, stop planning the next attack. They got a gravity in America. <laughs> you know? We've been deterred. No, 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 no. We were able to. We had defenses against the hydrogen bomb. Right. But the gravity nuke. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> this is a deterrence of all deterrent, you know? I think they're just debuting this to distract us from the fact that real footage came out of the MH370 Malaysian flight disappearing through a time portal because of their little TikToks, uh, Tic Tacs <laughs> flying around it. Beautiful.
you seen this footage yet? No. You gotta look it up. There's this guy online. Can't think of his name right now. He's offering up like $125,000 to anyone who can discredit the footage. Oh. And it's been up for like a week and nobody can nobody can actually discredit what is on like what has been filmed. Hmm. And they keep, I think it might be up to 175 at this point. They keep raising it, but it's just they're asking for somebody to prove that this is fake footage. And of they, the TikTok? Of the three TikToks flying around in a circular motion, the MH370 Malaysian Airline flight, and then a portal appears and the flight disappears. Mm. You gotta see the footage. It's unbelievable, man. It's been all over Dude, the web. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not believing this. I find this very. I'm about to be really pissed off here. I think you're going to be very pissed off, and I'm telling I'm about you, to be very pissed off here. Well, I think we uh, have. Uh, apparently, it's only a gravity nuke because they just drop it and it falls by gravity. I thought you're pissed off about my time portal analysis here. You're, you're... Oh no 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 no, okay, no, no, right, no, 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 no! I'm just saying, gravity nuke. I mean, I'm picturing like a nuke that like distorts gravity field do you know what i was picturing in the latest superman movie zod like shows up and he has that machine that like raises everything and drops it super fast and it keeps doing oh, that that's a gravity nuke dude. that's kind of yes. what i was like envisioning yes. you know something where everything raises like gravity is suspended and we all float into the sky and then it just we're smashed with a nuke Yes, or it creates like this explosion of gravity where everything just gets sucked into the place where the bomb was. Oh, a reverse nuke where we get sucked yes. into the bomb. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of a mushroom cloud, it becomes like a black hole. Oh, that just blew my mind, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was picturing. Nah, nah, we're too dumb. This is actually just a bomb we drop. This also proves we're so much better than every writer in Hollywood. So much <laughs> Dude, man. Gravity bong. So it's not actually really anything cool. It's just a bigger, more explosive nuke. That's what it is. So the reason they can make it... So the reason it's so... They can make it bigger because you don't have to put it on a missile. All right. Let's see. I'm not impressed. Okay, like... Yeah, yeah. So, so like, the intercontinental ballistic missile uh, nukes, it's like an all-in-one package. It's a nuke inside this, like, giant missile... That launches from like Nebraska. Nah. Could go anywhere in the world. Color right. me Ted Cruz on this one, please, because I am not impressed. Like we have direct energy weapon uh, laser beams on the moon, shooting places like Lahaina and setting on fire, so Oprah can have a backyard. I mean, gravity nuke. You're getting two Ted Cruzes on this one. Two Ted Cruzes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pull a fast. We should one do it out of five. You're getting a four out of five Ted Cruzes. You know. The reason I I liked this thing is because again, I can't get over the MH370 flight with the three white Tic Tacs flying around it and disappearing into a time portal. It's been our belief on the show that the Tic Tac that Joe Rogan obsesses over, and he loves that pilot that saw it, you know, that's our tech. The guy just saw our technology in action, and they were testing it out and seeing how it worked with these other planes. And it's if you look at 
the this video of this flight disappearing, it's mind blowing just seeing the portal. The portal's insane. But like, did you see that uh, that physicist talk about the Tic Tac? Give it to me. So, I actually think he's. I think he's absolutely right. I'm this excited. Is my new opinion on the Tic Tac. I'm so excited uh, for this. Yes. That uh, somehow the United States military stumbled upon a a way of like uh, manipulating gravity. Oh yeah. And so that they could build this, they could build a vehicle that can use this manipulation of gravity to travel at to travel in ways that would that would seem to us to be breaking the laws of physics. Right. The on, the only problem is if you look at everything we have as far as like weaponry uh and and more importantly humans what he's saying he he's saying it's actually if you look at the physics it's actually not that hard to create a vehicle that can do that if you just look at pure physics like like uh, possibility wise you know and uh, if there's no human in the vehicle and it's totally a drone you can probably control it in those wild maneuvers without, you know, but, knocking unconscious the pilot. Well, that's what he was saying. To him, it appears like we stumbled upon this, like, building a vehicle that can manipulate gravity, but we have no idea how we can incorporate any kind of modern weaponry into it, or humans, or any organic being. Well, you know, it's always been speculated that a lot of the UFO craft that have crash-landed here, and even maybe if you want to go that far in the rabbit hole, the gray alien bodies and beings and whatever aliens have been captured were actually electronic drones. And even those, you know, the aliens were drones. And, and, you know, these small disc-like craft, you know, they're designed to travel through interstellar space, but they're that's mechanical. No. No, so it's our shit. We're able to, we're just, this is just us. The one things they were talking about is like, uh, like, remember the B-52 bomber? Yeah, man. Have you seen the the new one? The new one they released? Right, right. So, like, there was all these, like, things coming out where it was like, everybody thought it was a UFO, right? And the military had it forever, but when do they admit they have it? And when do they actually, like, oh, yeah, this is what we have. That's when they can actually arm it. Ah, wow. So the B-52 was great, but the minute you put, like, you know, these the undercarriage missiles and stuff, well, now you're changing the radar deflection and everything, so it decreases its... You know what I mean? Like For sure. You had to come up with an arming system for it. Oh, yeah. So it could be we have this Tic Tac, and it could fly. it, it It could do everything everybody says it could do. And we just don't want anybody to know because we don't want anybody to get a hold of it before we figure out how to arm it. Crazy. But what if you don't need to arm it? What if you can three of them to go around the MH370 plane and create a time portal and disappear the plane? Well, one of us is talking about real life. The other one's talking about a Marvel movie. Oh, uh, dude, I'm, <laughs> I got my tinfoil so, hat uh, securely The way fit. you're talking about it, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like picturing a black lesbian driving you gotta it. got to watch the footage, man. I keep asking you to watch. you got to check it. I've even sent, I've sent you the footage. Just just click it. Just click it, man. You're going to love it. You'll love what you'll see. You'll, you'll be thoroughly entertained and enraged that I even thought this was real. Uh, but either way, <laughs> for those that don't know, I'm usually like knee deep in shit in a crawl space and my phone's going off <laughs> and I look 
And it's either a 50-50 of whether I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Or like, man, Frank, why'd you waste my time? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big time waster. There's no doubt. <laughs> but it's a 50-50, so that's why I, you know, I yeah. keep checking. I'm a, I'm hit and miss. Um, <laughs> He's hitting baseball numbers. That's right, dude. I'm bad 500, baby. It's <laughs> pretty good. That's MVP stats. <laughs> no steroids. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, not that you know of. You know, I know how to dodge the test. Um, so, speaking of these tic tacs and whether or not they are human made, which I think they are, and I, I think we got crazy tech with them. Uh, this, that Gorsuch dude was on Joe Rogan's show. Did you see any of this? I know you're not the biggest fan of this fella. I'm not either, actually. I couldn't listen to it, man. I, I honestly, I tried twice, dude. Something about this guy just screams bullshit to me. I cannot yes. figure out what it is. I just don't believe anything this guy is saying. No. Well, I clipped a little bit because I hate listened to some of it. <laughs> <laughs> I barely could make it through two, but I, I thought that uh, you would... If we had one hate listener for every show we hate listening to, <laughs> we'd have a successful podcast. <laughs> be as big as Brian Stelter. <laughs> Might have a job at Harvard. No! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I thought you'd like uh, to hear a little bit of what this guy said in as far as confirming to Joe um, that, you know, he has seen evidence or proof or heard so that we have uh, been in contact with aliens and recovered craft and body. So uh, let's jump into it. It's a fun one. Are we alone? Well, the answer is we're not alone. And I know that with... 100% certainty, which as an intel officer, you never say 100%, but all things... Dude, I 100% don't believe you. It's crazy. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know how to break it to you. I just, nobody the only thing believes. I'm 100% sure on is you're controlled by the government. Yes, well, he just said I'm intelligence. Okay, I know exactly who you're working for, and I just, I don't believe this guy. I don't know what it is. It's his voice. It's his demeanor. There's something about it where it just, I, you know what it is? I feel like anyone who genuinely has seen any contact stuff would be scared shitless and wouldn't be, like, hyped up about it. Remember Bob Lazar's interview? Yes. Yes, I do, actually. He just sat down. He was like, "Ah, yeah, you know what? Yes. I don't know. This is what I saw. This is what I did. If you'd believe it, no. You know, like, every every answer was just like, well, you know, it's it's what I saw. You know, it wasn't, no, my God, oh, my God, I wasn't an intelligence, and you need to listen. You know what I'm saying? And, like, uh, the guys that are trying so hard to shove it down your throat yes. are the most unbelievable. Thank you. That's what kills me about this. I just feel like if I were exposed to some sort of obvious evidence that there's extraterrestrial life forms in, you know, visiting our planet, I would be pale as a ghost, man. I just, like, I, I would be scared, actually. To genuinely know and, and feel that small and, you know, almost, you know what I mean? Like vulnerable. That's a vulnerability that I don't think people can handle. What, that there's aliens out there? Yeah, man. I mean, if aliens are out there legitimately and they can fly in these crafts or, you know, we are you know, together as a species, anything could just destroy us in a heartbeat. That should frighten people. Yeah, but I would argue you're already living in that world, whether there's aliens or not. You you exist in a world where your government has people fl- people flying around in aircraft that you couldn't fathom. 
with missiles and bombs that you can't fathom or control, you'll never have access to. And, well, you're yeah, right. You know. And they're spraying chemtrails on us and they're bombing countries <laughs> and flying these TikToks around and disappearing flights going to Malaysia. Yeah, man. I don't like that, man. I, I, aliens come aliens come down to Earth and they, they turn out to be real. Changes no no perspective I have on the universe or the world. And if aliens coming down to Earth would totally change your world, you're probably thinking of the world in the wrong way. You don't think that if you were someone who's exposed to intel that other, you know, that's being held secretly, probably for the betterment of humanity in as far as them not freaking out and losing their minds, you know, you'd think you'd be a little more reserved and kind of, you know, I just think the unknown of a race of beings out there who could freely fly and come and go to our planet and we have no ability to deal with it or what it's, you know, I mean, that's kind of a wild fantasy. You're talking like a wild west of space almost. Yeah, but that would change your view on everything. I'm just talking about from the perspective of this guy. He would be a little more serious, <laughs> right? A little more, you know, brooding. Like, no, uh, I, th- I think that's more why Bob Lazar is more believable because I think you find yes. out there's there's life out there, and it it really doesn't change your world. Well, no, I you're, thought you're it more crowded. of a Ted Cruz unimpressed, just like, oh, yeah, this is what I saw. Well, this yeah, I, yeah. I think this guy's just too hyped. Like when I look at Bob Lazar, he seems like a grounded, humbled man by the information he knows. Mm. Yeah. Whereas this dude's like, oh my god, I'm awesome. Hear what I got to say. Yeah, he's too much. He's just trying too hard. You know, you might as well go put back on your khaki pants and get in the U-Haul. Oh, good call. He sounds like he's one of those Freedom Fighter fellas, or uh, what are they called again? I saw him at J6. You can <laughs> check the tapes. <laughs> he was standing next to Ray Epps, man, that filthy bastard. You know? The simple farmer, Ray Epps. Uh, so aliens existing, you're saying no change to your world perspective or your life whatsoever. You could carry on, no problem knowing that amongst you, potentially, aliens are hanging out and doing their thing. Yeah, I don't think it would change my view at all. Because I already accept the fact that the universe is not for us, and we're probably not the only ones, and uh, See, it here's, doesn't matter. Here's what kills me is, if there are these aliens, and they're all different types, and they're hanging out, and they're flying around, and maybe even Earth is like a hub, why can't we get a cantina scene like in Star Wars up in this place, man? Uh, like Men in Black? I just want to see the aliens. I want them to be out there looking goofy in front of me, being all weird, and you know, having their strange looks and all that stuff. Like, I want to walk into a bar, and it's like the cantina in Star Wars, man. Yeah, I think that's probably unlikely. You don't think that's going on at some moon somewhere over there in Jupiter, right? A little stop-off place before you hit up Mars? No, because you look at just our Earth alone. Just on our planet, there's... We have so many... We we have just all these, like, groups of species that cannot leave their environment in just this planet without... Like, me and you can't go live in the ocean. We can't even live on Everest. You know, I don't know, man. It, you know, I think so you give it like, enough time. So just, <laughs> I don't know to have a cantina where like all these different species from all these different planets. They all it's it's a ha- it's habitable for all of them. I don't know. You know, what are the chances that they all grow up in a place that are you know 
a nitrogen-rich environment with just enough oxygen. You get yourself an oxygen bar. Everyone can get high and have a good time, man. That's what it's all about in these places.